Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show with your hosts, Jeremy Barker, Aaron Arms, and Chad Niddle. All right, coming in hot. That is loud, at least in our headphones. Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show. I'm Bark, and to my left is just Nit. Hey, what's up? I like it when it's loud, though, man. It is. It wakes you feels, up, get it, it feels, ready to roll. It feels good. Powerful, man. I ho- you don't I have any comes- coffee. I already had coffee. I'm oh, ready, okay. I'm ready to rock. I'm, oh, okay. Lifestyle change, man. Remember I told you, I've been up at like five the last month. Weird. I, uh... Mid thirties. It's it's kind of strange for you to be doing that already. <laughs> I I can do it, but I I prefer to sleep till you know at least six forty five. I got out of that. I'm gonna sleep until the last moment I need to be asleep, or last moment I need to be awake to get ready for the day. Five o'clock. Get me up. And get me ready to roll, man. I'm picking I, up what you're putting down. Like you know, it, it's a smoother morning. Yeah. I feel like. Smooth. But the worst part about it is I go to bed at like 9, 10. Yeah, I can't do no that. No later than 10. I'm like, 11. <laughs> 11. 11 is like my, you know, my sweet spot. My, my Sunday night football and Monday night football recaps come in the morning. Yeah, yeah. And Speaking of which, Nick, good, good for bringing that up. What were you saying? Oh, I was, I was just going to say, it, it's also, I could sleep a lot better on Monday night knowing that I don't know what's going to happen. Because usually I stress out in fantasy time, uh, you know, like, like straight up just. Sometimes you just gotta not watch. Yeah, you gotta not watch. You're like, I need four. Especially if you're yeah, four I, points. I need four points out of Juju, and you're like, you should get that, but I'm gonna stress until he hits it. Exactly, dude. It's just. Uh, and sometimes you know, first half goes by, you don't have your points. You're like, dang it. You're like, no, I'm, I'm gonna lose. <laughs> I remember like five years ago, it was a championship week, and I needed like seven points out of a linebacker, and I just couldn't bring myself to watch it. Like, I stayed up during, while the game was on, just didn't watch it. Help me, help calm down. That's why I quit watching uh, Ohio State football games, the heart attacks. It was just too much. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Now I don't watch college football as much because I'm not as interested, but. It'd be a lot easier now because Ohio State wins by 40 and it's over in like now, eight minutes. They're going to lose to somebody before the season's over and it's going to ruin their season and it's going to be, you know, everybody's going to be, it just never fails. It never fails. They but, always have a letdown. But they do. What, what I brought up Sunday night football, Monday night football. Yeah, it, it brings me to a little format change. We are going to start bringing you the Sunday recaps on Monday mornings which we thought would just be better for everybody because, you know, everybody wants to hear their NFL news on Monday. We've been recording on Tuesday after the Monday night game so we could cover all the games, but I realize most of you guys have already heard the news you want to hear from from other sources on Monday mornings. So why not us? I feel like maybe we were missing the boat on that a little. 14 out of the 15 games done is enough to get a fantasy recap in. Exactly. And then, you know, we can just bring you a short recap of the Monday game, Tuesday afternoon, and resume with our Friday preview. So, a little format change, so expect episodes coming Monday. Appreciate the suggestions from the listeners on that. Absolutely. Helps out a ton. And uh, like I said, today we ha- we are armsless. We have no arms. We, uh, we're like the drummer from Def Leppard. <laughs> He's real uh, missing one arm. <laughs> we're missing an arm. Putting down some sick, sick armsless beats this morning is what we're gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So uh, you know, no, no Michael Thomas or Alvin Kamara mentions today. Actually, we'll probably do it anyways. Yeah, I think both. Of, I do believe both of those are in the top ten. And yeah, we we're have gonna to review on this. We so. have to talk about them. So. <laughs> But Arms didn't get much sleep last night. And when we record early in the morning, you got to have some sleep. You got to go with that niddle lifestyle and go to bed at 9 and get up at 5. It's a 9 to 5 thing. Get you some sleep, I. Got to get those, got to start counting sheep early. uh, Get your butt up, get to the back row fantasy show. We'll call out to Arms. Yeah. We're going to bed at 3 in the morning. Yeah, you uh, you know, staying up watching uh, wrestling is not doing you any good. The Undertaker's been doing this for 37 years, bro. You don't have to watch every match. <laughs> you just don't. 
Go to uh, sleep. What you, the heck is on? You do have to drink during that. I I, I know I've never. I, I can say you know, thirty three years old, never watched a full wrestling match. Just doesn't entertain me whatsoever. Just doesn't. Unless the one time I did is a, a drinking party. Yeah, it yeah, was I much mean, more entertaining. I I feel like I was rooting for someone. I was, I was rooting for, but it's like you're rooting for nothing. That's my thing with wrestling. To yeah, go on this tangent, the outcome's already determined. Yes. Okay, so I'm rooting against uh, fixed outcomes. Can't do that. It's too It's too hard. I, I mean, I used to watch it for the storylines and like the commentary, like when The Rock got on the mic or when Mick Foley got on the mic or Stone Cold got on the mic or even Kurt Angle, for that matter, got on the mic. Uh, Chris Jericho I thought that one entered too. It was entertaining. Yeah. But when the matches came on, I'm like, all right, break time. Yeah, go, make myself, <laughs> go make myself a pizza because these guys are going to fumble around on the mat until somebody you know gets pinned for a three count when obviously they're laying there talking to themselves like, oh, that was a tough match right there. I'll take this, <laughs> take this fall real quick and then move on back to the, to the locker room, take some, some roids. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to... I'm actually not going to take away from the athleticism oh, no. of WWE not wrestling, at all. you know, because like the things they do are insane. Like some of the stuff they do, but then again, they do it every time. When, yeah. You know? No. Yeah, exactly. It, the athleticism it's, it's for real. It, but, but like you said, in my opinion, it's like watching Usain Bolt versus Carl Lewis yeah. in a battle to the finish line and they stop him four feet be- before the finish line they're like okay Carl you go ahead and cross and win yeah another another thing another little analogy what? yeah why why the, another little analogy for wrestling you know they all have their special move who who'd you say the sharpshooter Diamond oh, yeah. Dallas but you know whatever yeah who was the sharpshooter god that's was going it Bret Hart away. yeah yeah that's going back a ways but everyone has their move and the other guy knows it's coming yeah. Like, how do they get in? You know, it's like the Eagles running the Philly special every yeah. game. <laughs> yeah. It's going to get picked up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah let's, all right, let's, here let's goes say, the Philly special. <laughs> let's say, and they always, let's say they run that Philly special. Yeah. Um, you know, at four minutes, four minutes into the second quarter every time. <laughs> like, every team's going to know it's coming, but are they just going to, like, stare and wait for it? It's it's after they, they give a hard body slam and the guy's stunned. So right. so it's like the Eagles get a 40-yard pass, and they're like, oh, the crowd gets up. Oh, Billy special. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude. Uh, and then uh, afterwards, Nick Foles just like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just feel like WWE wrestlers would be a lot better at their sport if they spent some time in the film room. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. Know, know that. Like, oh, whenever I, have, whenever I stand up, and look out to the crowd I'm after gonna... I've been knocked down. <laughs> when I turn around, there's a 96% chance I'm getting a stunner. Yeah, yeah. If if I spend over 40, 14 seconds staring into the crowd, I'm probably getting a chair to the back of the dome. Like, right. I should probably not do that. Yes, and don't ever <laughs> climb to the top rope and face the crowd because oh, you're probably going over. Critical, critical. That's where... That's where the winning wrestler loses every time. Yeah. I mean, just just too much arrogance. Maybe no. I should be a little less confident in my W. Yes. Until it's actually a W. And not to mention, when they're on their way out to the <laughs> ring, like, wouldn't you think they would look to their right and see the fold-out table set up? Like, hmm, wonder what those are doing there. Are they doing refreshments after Hell, this match? Are we having cookies and punch after the match? <laughs> no, bitch, you're going through the table. Come on. Someone's going off the... If you can't remember, if 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 it's you throwing someone, you're, you're the one going through the table at some yes. point. Yes. Chances are on the bottom of that table, it's written down whose back is meant to go through that table yeah, yeah. like you probably go underneath and you're like oh x-pac oh what <laughs> that's me how did we get on wrestling i don't know that was enjoyable though it was it was <laughs> oh arms yeah arms oh yeah too. yeah our arms is uh you know still slumbering away in his bed you know with Dr- little dreaming about that pp view <laughs> pay-per-view that went on last yeah. night yep he's dreaming about the pay-per-view he's got Little Undertaker's dancing around in his head. <laughs> uh, I think that's why Arms works out. I think he's inspired by wrestling. One time, yeah. he just he he's got to get he's 
got to get discovered. He just needs one guy to show up at the gym who has a connection. Yeah. And Arms is all in WWE. Arms, or at least Ring what? of Honor. Ring of Honor wrestling. I, Arms would make a good WWE personality. Dude, he, he would. He could be like IRS because he's so serious <laughs> sometimes. Like Erwin R. Scheister or whatever his name was yeah. with the briefcase and the tax guy. Like he's that kind of serious. But he has the face and the look. I was gonna, that you would want to put a cane yeah. mask over because you don't want the audience <laughs> to see it. But when he, re- you know, I, I'll give him credit on the the red beard. That yeah. might be his wrestling name. He could be like Sheamus's cousin. Red beard. Sheamus's cousin that comes to the to the WWE. Last last he could thing. Talk all Irish. Yeah. Ooh. Get a little Irish. My name session. is my name is Arms. <laughs> they call me Arms because my arms are huge. <laughs> last thing on this wrestling talk. If Arms made it, who would his either current or previous wrestling comp be? Oh, is it Sheamus? I mean, I'll, I'll give I, you I, mine. I, I can't lie to you. I don't remember what Sheamus looks like, but <laughs> I know there's a guy named Sheamus that's Irish. I, I feel like he his comp is Jerry, the King Lawler. Like, I think he has that same demeanor. I think you got to go back a little ways. Nah. I could, I could broadcasting career that. after. I, all right, just random, random. Maybe. All right. I can't think of. I can't think of a, a good fit. King Kong Bundy comes to mind for some reason <laughs> when I think about arms. I don't know. All right. I was just trying to. I was trying to end the conversation and steer it into the fantasy football world. We, so. we can take a hard left turn uh, at any point. All yeah. on NASCAR. Let's uh, let's run down quarterbacks that got it done for you. Uh, in week three, week three again really didn't disappoint. The NFL has been uh, quite good this year, and and that's I can't uh, say that every single year. Besides the roughing the passer garbage, uh, which I guess we don't the, have to go into some, that, because- right? Which I guess one of the NFL committees are actually discussing right now that it is a little ridiculous. But besides that, the NFL has been pretty much straight fire. You've got, I mean, we've got a former MVP uh, coming back. To form Matt Ryan was your top quarterback uh, for Week Three. Just nudging uh, out the hit Drew Brees in, in the game that we called as yeah, about li- as high scoring as you can get. Lived up to our expectations. It was a high scoring game and a great game, and you didn't want to see either team lose on this one. I would I would have liked to seen a tie in this one. Yeah, hey, tie's been the theme this year. But, yeah, but this was this was the reemergence of Matt Ryan. Maybe, maybe let me put that up. Drew Brees and, or, or the, and the Saints, that Saints defense is just made, they made Ryan Fitzpatrick look like, you know, uh, an NFL MVP caliber quarterback. So Matt Ryan should go out there and just dominate. The other guy getting it done in that game, jump over to the wide receivers real quick. Calvin Ridley with the breakout game. Again. Oh, man. That, that was that was quite the breakout. You For s- anyone that sat him, they're, they're kicking themselves. Yeah, yeah. I actually played Nailed. a guy who had it. Had, yep. And I, I came out victorious because he did right. not play Calvin Ridley. If but, he would have, would you have lost? Oh, by 20. Oh. <laughs> like, I only lost by a little bit. And he had Deshaun Jackson, who really didn't do a ton on Monday night. No, no. But, man, I, I mean, it, it, that looks like if, – if the Saints are good at anything, they allow the uh, opposing offensive coordinator to see how much talent he has on his team. Absolutely, because <laughs> that is a bad defense. Like a DJ Moore, defense. Anthony Miller, you waiting for those breakouts? If those teams play the Saints, there's your breakout weeks. You'll you'll find out. But Matt Ryan back into form, five touchdown passes, just all uh, a great week. Love seeing Drew Brees do. Matt, Drew Matty Brees Ice things. looking like Patty Ice Ooh. in week three. <laughs> but he did. Man, I jumped right back in it. Talent's always been there. Really like, really uh, have always liked Matt Ryan, but. Hey, that was your game of the week, I do believe. Uh, unless you're a defensive guy, we could go uh, like Jags Titans and Phil oh, Goal Fest. Oh, what a what a what a great defensive IDP game to watch! Struggle City, right there. And actually, Drew Brees, the opponent of Matt Ryan for Week Three, that was your number two. So one game gave you your number one and two quarterback, and that game also supplied you with the number one wide receiver this week, which was Ridley. Um, and then Julio still had an okay game. He was dealing with a little bit of a uh, leg issue. But let's continue to, to run down the quarterback gauntlet this week. Uh, yeah, Like we said, you had Matt Ryan and Drew Brees 1 and 2. 
uh, rounding out the rest of those guys, which we'll, we'll touch on them after we name them. But Jared Goff was your three. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick still doing Fitz magic things, although he came back down to earth a little bit. It is all second half. He just had a – to me, he had a bad first half. I agree. A couple high – that's one of the games I did get to highlight. Uh, just a couple high throws led to bad interceptions, really bad interceptions. And then they end up only losing by three, as bad as Fitz, Fitz tragic yeah. is what I, what I heard. But he was like back to good, good Ryan Fitzpatrick in the second half. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't an elite performance by any means. But the, again, this game, Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh, that supplied you again with fantasy fireworks because the four and five was Fitzpatrick and Roethlisberger this week. So, I mean, we're we're seeing a theme in the NFL, and that theme is when these high-scoring teams with mediocre defenses happen to match up, stack them, stack any yeah, player you yeah. got in those, uh, you know, from those teams, and just watch them perform. Cam Newton. He was still good. Patrick Mahomes still a top 10 play. Was it disappointing to only see three touchdowns out of Mahomes? I got to say no. Oh, God, God, no. I mean, hey, what, 300, over 300 yards again, three TDs? I mean, if he, again, if he averages that, he's going to be your league MVP. And, and, and to mention that, he actually just took over the NFL odds. He has the best odds to win NFL MVP as of this morning. He hasn't thrown a pick. The guys throw nothing but touchdowns. He's the Will Fuller of quarterbacks. I think everyone, everyone on this show, most everyone I've ever heard talk about Patrick Mahomes' uh, NFL capabilities has said he's a gunslinger. What you get with gunslingers is those four touchdown, two interception games. He's just not missing receivers. No, and some of those throws are ridiculous. Yeah. I've – I can't remember seeing a quarterback make the kind of throws he's making consistently. And effortlessly. Like the guy's got a big arm, but it's a smooth arm. Like, And he knows how to command so the pocket. He, he's a stud. Your boy's up next, Tannehill at number eight. Ryan Tannehill has surprisingly been fantasy efficient this year so far. I mean, we're talking – we don't have a dud yet – Every single game is multi-touchdown. Two touchdowns at least in, in the three games that they've played. And this is on low attempts. He's not even hit 30 passing attempts yet. But Ryan Tannehill is being efficient and he's getting it done. He's also putting some yards on the ground. Right now he's uh, he rushed for 26 in this game, 44 the last game. So you're getting a little bit extra out of Tannehill besides those normal uh, Tannehill numbers. But the results are not bad as a, as a backup no. or a number two in Superflex. Tannehill's getting it done. You, <clears> you <throat> got him really cheap on both of those accords. So, yeah, I Tan- mean, you got to be happy. Ryan Tannehill's not a terrible quarterback. The problem is he's not a great quarterback. He's just – he's very I, – I would give him the above average, but only by like a point. If we're going a 1 to 10 scale and 5 is average, Ryan Tannehill's a 6. And what he's doing it with, I mean, he – this very similar situation and without Jarvis Landry. I'm going to backtrack. Yeah, I'm going to backtrack a little bit with on the Ryan Tannehill hate and my Dak love by comparing their situations together here. Ryan Tannehill is getting it done in a very Dak Dak Prescott situation where he does not have a lead back or, or he does not have a lead receiver or a tight end to throw to. I mean, they're still trying to figure out the wide receiving core. And the tight settled the tight end position in Miami. Gasecki did finally catch a few. Finally caught a few, but Ryan Tannehill's getting it done with a rotation of, of wide receivers. Unlike Dak, a guy that I I've been high on. I'll, I'll backtrack and say Ryan Tannehill's off to a great start and proving proving me wrong, but uh, also making me a little bit of a believer in him. If they ever settle on a Kenny Stills, uh, Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant rotation where he can get used to those three. He might get comfortable start putting up better numbers. It's very possible, but I, that's one thing I don't actually look forward to happening. I, I don't believe there's going to be a, a top guy on this team. I mean, Stills is probably going to end up your your top fantasy finisher yeah. just because of the touchdown and, and the deep ball. Threat. But you got a 1A, 1B, 2A, 2B, 2C. Yeah, yeah. Like, so they, can rotate, they can run five guys onto the field at any time. Exactly. Really nobody reliable in fantasy on the wide receiver front for Miami. I don't even like Kenny Stills, to be honest. I mean, I'd play him as a wide receiver three if I had him, if I didn't have a better number three. But to me, 
you're gonna get a inconsistency. Dud. Yeah, you're gonna get your duds. And uh, there's guys that I like better that put up more consistent numbers. But also in the top ten, Deshaun Watson is getting a little better every game. And how about Joshua Allen? Josh Allen and his of the f- Buffalo Bills. His first NFL start. Did you see him leap Anthony Barr? <laughs> He jumped Florida. over Anthony Barr. I think he stood taller than Anthony Barr. I don't know. You Did he leap? It, it was a leap. He, right. he clearly jumped over Anthony Barr. It, it was cool to see that team respond to Josh Allen. It was kind of the Baker Mayfield effect. Josh Allen brought a, a fire to that team. I, I think they, they rallied after as bad, as bad as that team was the first two weeks. Josh Allen finally getting... I, I can't remember he started week two, but regardless, I mean, they, they've, they've said, you're the future, it's now, let's go. Let's go play football with Josh Allen as our quarterback with confidence. I think the ta- I, I think you're absolutely right. They, ra- they did a Baker Mayfield rally around him and just honestly dominated one of the better teams in football. I mean, the Minnesota Vikings are, are an NFC championship contender, and they put it on them right from the oh, start, man. Yes, it it was awesome to see, so – Props to Josh Allen. Fantasy relevance, I'm not trusting the under 200 yards and two rushing touchdowns. I mean, that's a little flukish. You take No, it is. You take one of the touchdowns away, it's an average day. You take both of the touchdowns away, and it's a below-par game. But it, for a fantasy world, he was, he was very efficient. It was nice to see that on a low, low attempts, only 22 attempts in the game. The plus you can take from that is the Bills got up early. And just held the lead. So the 22 attempts from Josh Allen, I, I don't think is going to be the norm. I think that's going to be his below average. You're not. I don't. I still don't believe you're going to see the Bills salting away a lead for most of the Tons game. Of t- this was yeah. a shocker. Like we did not expect this. We did not think that Minnesota was going to go out. And by the way, Kirk Cousins is dud. your fantasy dud of the week. Yeah. But we didn't think this is what we were going to see. Josh Allen attempted uh, 33 passes in week two. I expect that to be more of the norm, but something that is really intriguing is the amount of times he runs with the ball. I did not expect. I knew he was a good athlete, yeah. but I thought it was going to be a very Tannehill-like thing where he runs maybe once a game. No. Eight, for, eight and ten. The last two weeks, eight, eight rushes and ten rushes for Josh Allen. He's, that, and he's putting, he's putting it down. He's not afraid to run. He's not afraid to to not slide he's he's i'm impressed you gotta be excited about that versatility or just the athletic ability he looks good when he runs yeah hey i i i'm picking up with you i i would curb my enthusiasm on him but a top 10 finish let's give him a little break let's give him some love yeah i mean he doesn't have to be the best quarterback in the world to be fantasy relevant we've seen quarterbacks that really are not that good that are solid for fantasy because they put rushing yards on the ground, attempts, throws. If you're in a league like us where interceptions are not a death knell, like some leagues penalize interceptions like negative four points, ours is not quite that steep. I was, no, I don't, I, and I don't like that. I mean, an interception shouldn't be borderline equivalent to a touchdown. Yeah, no, it should not uh, because sometimes interceptions are super fluky, touchdowns, your quarterback at least let him down the field to get in the red zone Bingo. have an option to to get a touchdown but jimmy g knit yeah, i know but i was gonna say before we, we flip memoriam flop. yeah yeah especially me i mean i started him he put up a good day you're stuck with dak now in our he, league he's just not gonna put up any more good days no it's until over. 2019 man it's sad to see we were talking about it pre-show i mean jimmy g hasn't looked phenomenal he has not looked great this year but he hadn't looked bad, and he no. looked like he was coming into his own a he little bit. He start, was starting to, starting to get it going. Yeah, and, and I'm with every other person reporting on this. It it feels like a lost season as of right now. When it does. You, when you got C.J. Beathard pretty much going to be your starter. Their third-round pick from, what, a year ago, two years ago? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't expect him to be the worst quarterback in the league. Like, I think he's going to outperform Dak Prescott. <laughs> Thanks. But, <laughs> but, no, I mean, it, it, there's not much to be confident about in San Francisco right now, which just they are working out other quarterbacks, but I'm pretty sure uh, 
I saw a name that they were thinking about signing that definitely, definitely brings no excitement. He'll definitely be the number two or three. Trying to trade for Tyrod Taylor. There's some reports. I mean, it's just kind of ugly. But then again, that that team, that's a good team still, I do believe. Um, C.J. Beathard, not going to be exciting, but can at least lead to some fantasy relevance in that wide receiving core and for George Kittle. Yeah, yeah, there's like I was getting ready to say the same thing. There's some connections there. George Kittle and him played college ball together. I mean, it's I don't I don't think they're in the worst shape ever. Tom Savage, that's who's expected Savage. To, uh, to sign with San Francisco. At least go for Matt Moore. But to end on on back on Jimmy G, was he going to be the real deal? I mean, it it looked uh, yeah, like I in the last so. two games, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah. They weren't overthrowing the football or anything like that. You know, just going with those 50 attempts or anything like that. I He looked really good last year. And he was kind of getting into playing shape this year when he went down. And he was fighting for yardage when he when he got hurt. So. Yeah. And, 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 you know, let's – we got to remember last year when he looked really good. It wasn't like he was doing anything, anything like Mahomes or Deshaun Watson. He looked good as if, as in, he's a definite starting quarterback in this league, and he looks like he can be one of the better ones. He wasn't blowing you up fantasy wise last no. season, even at the end of the season, like top ten, yeah. But he wasn't far and away doing up some crazy Mahomes like stuff. He so. wasn't an elite quarterback. He was very good though. Yeah, and right. I and I think he was going to be very good at the least as the season progressed. And now we'll never know. Now it's C.J. Beathard time. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, but ACL tear. We'll see. Quick little hit. Wentz didn't look bad coming off the ACL tear. Didn't, uh, didn't look bad. Quarterbacks but real didn't, quick. Yeah, didn't didn't do much for you fantasy wise. But you know, I expect him to to continue to play well, and that was uh, – at least he came out. I mean, he came out, he looked good, didn't look like the injury is, is a problem at this point, and maybe he can get back to fantasy relevance once they have someone to throw to. Yeah. Because right now they have – it's Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, a little bit of Aguilar. Yeah, not a bad thing. You want to run on, run on over to the running back list? We can. Or do you want to give a Derek Carr, Dak Prescott – Uh, Derek Carr, Dak Prescott, the bet of the year update. Derek Carr in our league format finished with 22.3 points. Dak, 15.57. So, I mean, (laughs) both of them not exactly tearing up the world, but Dak putting up his uh, weekly 15, as we'll call it. Yeah, you're exciting me about the rest of the year without uh, Jimmy G. The Dak 15. (laughs) All right, so running backs, your big performers for week three. No surprises at the top couple, but I want to talk about some of these running backs Let's do it. that are coming into fantasy relevance. So Kamara and Gurley, that was a debate all off season about who should be the number one overall pick. Should it be Kamara? Gurley. Unanimously Gurley for the most part, but a yeah. lot of people are, you know, like to throw Kamara in there as a debate, and it is debatable. I'll give them that. But yeah, one and two, Kamara, Gurley, uh, Kamara put up over 30. He was the only running back to do so this week, but always encouraging to see your studs put it on put it on the field and put the points out there. But Carlos Hyde, Carlos Hyde and Adrian Peterson were your three and four this week, at least in our league format. And Carlos Hyde has all of a sudden became, he's a bell cow. Carlos Hyde has 61 carries through three games. He's averaging over 20 carries a game. Yeah. And he's scored all three games. Dude, his consistency this year has been been a better sign than than the carries. I mean, and what he's doing with those 61 carries, he's turned it into yardage, production, touchdowns. So, hey, Carlos Hyde, lovers, keepers, whatever you want to say, if you kept him, if you drafted him, you're you're extremely happy with the production he's given you early on in 2018. I think he's going to continue. I think he's going to be better with Baker. I mean, I, that Baker Mayfield, it, it's going to soften the box. It's going to soften that interior defense a little bit for Carlos Hyde to uh, stretch a little more. You know, instead of the roughly four yards of carry he's getting it might turn into something above average get closer to five have some big runs so yeah yeah baker can strike a little fear in defenses carlos hyde is just gonna have that much more running room yeah i i i if you're a carlos hyde owner keep him 
keep him. Don't sell based on some sort of fluke start this season. I think he's going to continue this all year yeah, long. Yeah. And to flip back up to the Alvin Kamara thing, man, he led he led all running backs by ten points. Didn't have a touchdown. Gave you two and a half touchdowns worth of receptions though yeah. in, in a monstrous game. But if he gets on the board touchdown wise, man, he's having one of the great weeks all time because <laughs> yeah. uh, that performance he did, he he was pretty much dragging that Saints. Help. I mean, there was tons of yardage in there, but he put up nearly 200 yards of total offense by himself. And so. that's what Kamara gives you, man. I mean, you his floor is around 20, 20 fantasy points, points yeah. in PPR, and his ceiling is just 40 plus. 40 plus. Again, he yeah. gets a touchdown in this game, and it's 40, 40 points. It's, 15, it's a lead weeks. 15 friggin' receptions. And we added that a couple last week when Saquon, Chris Thompson, and Christian McCaffrey went for like. 13 plus receptions but Alvin Kamara is going to get looks he had 20 targets he's probably going to get 14 or 15 targets every game yeah and turn it into 8 9 10 reception every game you Alvin Kamara is an absolute animal stud this time next year we may talk about how you made a great decision drafting him number one. We may. And uh, Saquon Barkley must have heard our week two show about how we talked about how he wasn't <laughs> quite in the conversation to be the number one because he is slowly, slowly creeping up there. Improved. With those guys in the top five. Yeah, I mean, between the targets and the amount of yards he's getting despite the offensive line, Right now he's top five. He's the number four overall fantasy running back for the year. Yeah. Currently. And he has not really had a breakout game in my opinion. It's been scary how consistent he's been. He's only had like one big run. Last week, this past week, he just grinded out 82 yards on 17 carries, which again, I'll take 80 yards week in, week out from my running back. That's right. a thousand yard season. Chips in a touchdown. He's still involved. In the passing game, five receptions, 35 yards. I mean, that's v basically third tied for third overall in receptions by a running back in, in week uh, three. So he's heavily involved in the running in the passing game. He's going to be your bell cow. He's going to grind out more than four yards of pop and get in the end zone week in, week out. Scary consistency or production out of a rookie running back with a bad offensive line. Yeah, and let's not forget about uh, the guy that finished ahead of him just by a smidge this week, Adrian Peterson, again going to the Fountain of Youth, 120 yards and two touchdowns. I got asked. Someone asked me if they should trade Adrian Peterson for David Johnson due to the slow start. And I had to think about it for a second. <laughs> like, I, like Adrian Peterson, yeah, went back to the fountain of youth, averaged nearly six yards a carry, two touchdowns, no, no receptions, not involved in the passing game whatsoever. But AP looks good, man. Would I do it? I, I told him, go ahead and get offload Adrian Peterson. You've got what you needed out of him. If you could pick up a, a, a round one running back in David Johnson who struggled at the early part of the year, Go ahead and do it. That might be a steal by the end of the year. It could be the steal of the year in that whatever league that was in. But uh, Adrian Peterson looks great. Hey, yeah. Garnering garnering trade talk for David Johnson. I'm I just starting to catch on to I have a cousin named Garner, but <laughs> the, the word Garner has been used on this show so much that I think I'm being baited. No. No? I just like it. It's, okay. It, it, it brought about. I, mean, I don't it, like saying two words when I can sum it up in one. Barker. I mean, if it gets brought Garner up, brought I have to mention I have a cousin named Garner. All right. All right. Even Lambert did it to me the other day. He, he said that, and I knew and he li I knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. I knew exactly I think what he, he did bait you. He, he baited did. You. He baited me for sure. But, hey, Christian McCaffrey getting uh, well. Glad well, you brought him up. So many more yards than I expected. I mean, 184 on the ground is basically a career 28 line. carries. Dude, they were they were salting away a lead. Uh, Carol, Chris McCaffrey looks like the real deal as a true running back. This, I, this I is what it. they drafted. This is what they wanted when they drafted him was this kind of output. And, obviously, they just need to commit the carries to him. Yeah, hey, only he goes from about 15, I think 15 receptions last week to only two this week, but 184 yards on the ground. I mean, no touchdowns, and he was your number six overall uh, fantasy back last week, just strictly from the yardage against a soft Bengals run defense. But nevertheless, hey, 
Carolina got up on Cincinnati, and, and they just put the ball in Christian McCaffrey's hands, and he turned it into a monstrous day in fantasy world. Yes, he did. But don't play him in week four. You're going to want to sit him because he's going to buy. Yeah, yeah. Just he's going to drop off him. the pace. Don't play him. <laughs> Chris Chris Carson had his first uh, you know run in the top ten. Uh, again, the carries, 32 for Chris Carson for 102. The yards per carry is not exactly exciting, but in fantasy, does it matter? As long as he got 100 yards, a touchdown, and a couple receptions, he put up at least 20 points in PPR leagues. Uh, Chris Carson showing that he maybe belongs in that lead spot for good. Hold up. Pump the brakes. Uh-oh. Dude, he had 13 carries coming in this game over the, the previous two. If you're, if you're a Chris Carson owner right now, if you're a Chris Carson owner and this is what you're looking for, good, great, I'm happy for you. This is not going to continue whatsoever. Chris Carson, if you can get rid of the dude right now, get rid of Chris Carson. I agree. Not only did it take him 32 attempts to get over 100 yards, but he has fumbling issues. He's not heavily involved in the passing game in PPR formats. Offload this guy now. Sell as high as you can get. Package someone with him to get a better running back. This is going to be his best game by far. By far, I don't expect him to be in the top half of running backs again this year unless he just goes super fluky, two touchdown goal line carries or something. Get rid of Chris Carson right now while he's had a good game. Yeah. Please. That's my fantasy advice for the week. I agree. And rounding out the top 10 was Gio Bernard, which he is probably not going to be doing it long. Mixon should be back anytime. Uh, Isaiah Crowell, who honestly has looked like one of the worst running backs in the league. That's why they're discussing a trade for Le'Veon Bell. He did, he, but he had 34 yards rushing, Barker, on 16 attempts. Ugh, Dude, that, that's your – Isaiah Crowell, another one. So if someone doesn't check the stat box and oh, yeah. doesn't see that he had uh, 12 of his 19 points on two touchdowns and he averaged two yards a carry – uh, good rip that person off right now because Isaiah Crowell is just straight garbage. We've said that for five months since the show started. I mean, the guy's just horrid. Right. And then you got your level of consistency, you know, man of the week. If you want 50 to 60 yards, Marshawn Lynch got it done for you. He scored in all three games. It's a very uh, safe running, Unex running back. But unexciting. Three. Yeah, very unexciting. Deeper league formats if you got to start. Marshawn is a running back, too. Not excited about it, but he's going to chip in some points for you. Yeah. And then, and then as far as your uh, not what you exactly expected this week, they still did okay for you. But Melvin Gordon, Kareem Hunt, Ezekiel Elliott, Jordan Howard, and even David Johnson, all in the 16-point range in PPR this week. Back. Yeah, yeah, you got some of your biggest studs. Listen, it's time to sell Kareem Hunt. I don't know. I well. I, go ahead. Go ahead. I it's, if you can now. Now, granted, if you cannot get the return for him that you should, obviously you hold on. But Patrick Mahomes. This is a passing team. Make no doubt about it. Last year it was balanced. Mm -hmm. Alex Smith put up numbers, but there was more balance. Mm -hmm. This year, Patty Mahomes is playing so well that the need to give Kareem Hunt anything more than the 16 to 18 carries he's averaging, which is fine because that's more than most running backs, but the need to make him a 25-plus you know, carry back, back yeah. it's fading. It's disappearing. And the absolute scariest part of everything you just said, this is, it goes through Patty Mahomes. This is a passing attack offense. Kareem Hunt has one reception in three games. Yes, it's a downfield passing attack. This is, is not the Alex Smith dink and dunk from last year, which he – don't get me wrong. I know that Alex Smith threw the ball deep more last year, but the fact remains he still liked to go short and just grind out first downs. Patty Mahomes don't know what a first down is. No. Patty Mahomes only sees red zone. Yeah, he's he's going for the throat on it. He's throwing haymakers all game long, and they're available. We already said yeah. we're in, in our recap, it's amazing he doesn't have an interception, but he's throwing haymakers all game long, trying to stretch the field vertically, and quite frankly has every right to do that from what he's shown. Kareem Hunt's just a, he's just one of those great assets to have when you need him. Are yeah. they, they're they're going to need him. That Chiefs offense needs Kareem Hunt. Yeah, and I'm sure he's going to have his wise, games. Yeah. Right now. One, one reception in three games, and this guy was a, a PPR monster last year with over 50 uh, over fifty receptions. I mean, he's averaging four, four a game. 
yeah. more or less three, four receptions a game, and and it's completely, completely the opposite this year. So hey, I, I think you're right, Kareem Hunt. Get rid of him if you can still get the value out of him and can upgrade at running back because. Frankly, 15 points a game is probably going to be his high end for the most part. Yeah, I mean, right now he is not in the top 20 amongst fantasy fantasy backs. And right now his usage and the way he is scoring fantasy points is right on par with Isaiah Crowell. Now, granted, Cream Hunt's a better back than Isaiah Crowell, but I'm not convinced that he's as good as what we saw his first half of his rookie season. Uh, either that or it's just the Pat Mahomes show. I, I am pumping the brakes a little bit on Kareem Hunt. I don't want to hold on to him if you can maximize and maybe package him with a wide receiver and go up and grab a higher tier back like a McCaffrey, uh, Saquon. That, that's going to be hard. People aren't going to get rid of him uh, you know, when they're playing like this. Maybe McCaffrey, it, definitely not Saquon in a trade. You're going to have to give up plenty to get McCaffrey. Right. With, with uh, Kareem Hunt to get McCaffrey, though. Let's talk our uh, wide receiver studs of the week. We already touched on Calvin Ridley, but uh, you know what? I I went back and I listened to Hux's DFS report. Oh, yeah? I did. Throw him a little promo here? I did. L- the Hux's DFS report, uh, he, he makes some good calls. Let, let me tell you what good calls he gave you this week. He gave you uh, – he, he touched on Julio's injury a little bit and said that Calvin Ridley – had a chance uh, to pick up some extra targets in his absence. Boom, Calvin Ridley did. Destroyed it. And that, that's not that's uh, that's not the safest pick in the world, but it's not exactly huge, hugely. It's not hugely risky. But yeah. I'll tell you what was risky. Hux also told you to queue up Robert Woods this week. Bang. And listen, Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup have been the guys to queue up. Robert Woods hadn't really done a lot, but Hux was very confident and saying Robert Woods is going to be playing a lot. He's going to get a lot of work, and he's going to be Goff's go-to this week. And Hux that, nailed that one. Yeah, absolutely. It was a, a number two receiver call. for the week. Wonderful. Out of a out of a, a number three wide receiver on his team. I mean, he is absolutely on point. You got if you're a DFS guy, listen to Hux. Get get some of that excitement in your life. Uh, you know, he's uh, what I could say, you know, he was looking at that, that game, you know, LA versus LA chargers versus Rams is going to be up and down. And Robert Woods is just that steady guy in the middle of the field and golf looked to him plenty. Right. Plenty and he said to fade Tyreek Hill and what happens? Tyreek Hill doesn't do Tyreek Hill like things. So, uh, Hux is definitely onto some things in DFS. So for your DFS picks, you definitely heck you can use him for more than your DFS picks. He's he's a good element to the show uh, to add another aspect to who you want to play. But yeah, we had Robert Woods at number two. Jordy Nelson finally uh, looking like that Green Bay guy. Straight up, that was a oh, that was classic vintage Jordy Nelson. Yes, just, it was. Just six receptions, 173 yards, and and a touchdown. Man, that's classic Jordy Nelson. Maybe getting some chemistry with Derek Carr. Uh, still, the Raiders lost, but they did. They Jordy Nelson looked a lot better. He was your fantasy impact out of that game, and uh, and hey, not gonna get overly excited. I don't expect this weekend week out, but it was nice to see a little bit of a dial back the clock moment for Jordy. Next, to uh, is it time to take Tyler Boyd seriously as a number three receiver? Love him. Lo- <laughs> I, I do love- too. Tyler Boyd and that's not fading AJ Green whatsoever even though he he didn't show up a ton this is props to Tyler Boyd and what he can do with secondary coverage because AJ Green's eating up eating up your best corner every week Tyler Boyd is a very capable was great in college has been productive in his first two years but then this year it looks like hey he knows it's his time and he's taking advantage of every opportunity this is this guy's a wide receiver too, man. You say three, I say wide receiver two. I didn't start him, unfortunately. I've got two two I, shares of him. I, I, listen, I'm a big Keelan Cole fan, and I've trusted in Keelan Cole. And don't blame you. But I, nah, the fact remains: now Tyler Boyd will be starting over Keelan Cole for me. I think that's a safe pick. He's going to go with five five or six receptions week in week out, and that should net him somewhere between seventy five and a hundred yards. If he's doing that, that's wide receiver two gets in the end zone every now and again, but he is constantly on the, f- the field. It's him and AJ in two wide receiver sets. He does not come off the field, does everything right. 
And frankly, they haven't found a, a comfortable tight end right now, which is only that much better for, for Tyler Boyd. Cincinnati's just rotating tight ends, which means Tyler Boyd's going to be more and more chemistry with Andy Dalton going forward. I mean, I'm I, a, I like gonna, the play. I'm going to make a big comp. Go ahead. The way Tyler Boyd gets open and the way he plays is to me is very – comparable to michael thomas that's that's a monstrous comp but it, it's a monstrous comp you. and i'm not saying it uh, for fantasy i'm not saying he's michael thomas i'm saying Sim- the, the way he plays the way he's used the way he gets open he's not a, he's not some deep ball threat he's not a jump up and go get it guy he this he's he not gets a screen open. guy he's just gonna out tough you out i I would go more Marquise Colston, go with yeah, another Saint receiver. That's a good comp because I don't think he has that that speed or the elite strength that Michael Thomas brings. But I I, I think Tyler Boyd is just very good at getting open, sitting down in defense. Understands what the defense has done. Great play. If you have him, keep him. If you can still get him cheap, go get Tyler Boyd. Yeah, because the name recognition is it's not there yet. So you're not going to be able to sell Tyler Boyd right now, in my no, opinion, no. just because he's not a huge name yet. Uh, but moving on, Mike Evans uh, finished his top five. No surprise. Mike Williams, if you held on to Mike Williams over the offseason I dynasty, did. you are being rewarded right now. Dude, Mike, Mike Williams, we called it. I called it. I'm, I'm going to take some props here, man. Take it. Take I, it all. I said he is going to be an absolute red zone target. All year long, and all he's done, he he took that from red zone target. I do believe here going forward, he's their wide receiver too. He's already locked into wide receiver too. Not only is he going to be getting the the touchdown opportunity, the two one or two touchdown opportunities every week, he's going to start seeing eight targets, nine targets, ten targets, and when he catches five or six of those. He does very Tyler Boyd things. He gets up around 80 to 100 yards. Tyler Boyd things, we say. <laughs> nice. some more pro- Mike Williams is a legit threat, though. He I is. Mean, he's no longer just a red zone gimmick. He has outplayed Tyrell Williams and the rest of that wide receiving core, hands down. It, frankly. He, even Keenan Allen to a point. That's where I was going. He he's he, he is not ever going to do Keenan Allen things, they're, but they're the perfect comp. You get Keenan Allen – Dink dunk over the middle, very good possession guy, and you got the over the top threat of Michael Williams, red zone threat of of Mike Williams. It's kind of, it, it's kind of like uh, Thielen and Diggs in Minnesota. It's a very very good combination of wide receivers out there. Mike Williams, if you can get him, another guy. I expect this for the rest of the year, not the two touchdowns, but I expect something like 75, 80 yards and having his opportunities to catch touchdowns yeah. for the rest of the year. And, and listen, the Chargers tight ends have always caught touchdowns, and there is no Chargers tight end worth throwing it to in the red zone. So, Mike Williams, I do expect the touchdowns to be a thing. Bingo. Adam Thielen. Thielen. The captain safest, number seven. Safest guy at the wide receiver spot in fantasy football right now. Number seven, not much else to say there. But let me let me tell you, the two of the top 11 receivers this week were, were from Miami. Albert Wilson, <laughs> Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant making an appearance in the the top eleven. I want to say top ten. But it just uh, I'll wouldn't give you. Be I'll true. let you stretch it. I'll let you stretch Jakeem Grant. Yeah, and that is uh, borderline base. He basically tied with Will Fuller. He did. He did. Uh, but Albert Wilson, of course, throws a touchdown in this game. Pulls his best <laughs> Kevin Byard. Uh, don't don't go chasing these numbers from Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson. They're going to be okay flex plays here and there and okay bye week plays so albert wilson could eventually creep into the wide receiver three conversation but i wouldn't say quite yet to go after him uh but the guys in between them michael thomas will fuller uh those are startable guys from here on out of course they are well michael thomas of course <laughs> i guess that was more for will fuller yeah will don't fuller be was... afraid to start will fuller now now he's wide re- he's locked into a wide receiver three i was gonna say michael thomas what are you doing man go he's get a okay touchdown. he's an okay receiver go get a touchdown. michael thomas i mean all he did was secure every pass thrown to him in that game he does that from he, time to time 10 most for of 10 the time. on uh targets to uh reception ratio uh, you know it, it guy's just a stud can we say uh best hands in the league competition between Thielen and michael thomas right now um i'm gonna go michael thomas i think i'm gonna go i'm gonna go michael thomas but best hands in the league i'm still going odell okay all right fair enough i'm just saying 
Now, just a quick run through, just because there's a lot of big names right after the top 10, but Juju was fine. Jarvis didn't hurt you. Sterling Shepard was better than expected along with Odell Beckham. Those guys, both top 15 finishes. Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin still doing Godwin things. Sammy Watkins making an appearance. Emmanuel Sanders still the top guy to throw to in Denver. And then you got Devontae Adams, who's uh, pretty consistent with his play as well. But fading. He's a disappointment at this point. At this point, yes. He's a top 20 disappointment. People drafted him as a top five receiver this season. So, So far, it is disappointing. No, I'll give him a little bit of a a hall pass with the whole uh, Aaron Rodgers injury, looking elsewhere, not being able to stretch the field, but definite disappointment in Devontae Adams. Yes, and before we move on to tight ends, I've got a question, and that question is, you you have a dynasty team, Mm -hmm. and you, you can, let's say you're on the clock, and the best two receivers are these two guys available, which one do you pick? Do you want Antonio Brown or Juju? <laughs> it's a serious question because uh, right now, Antonio Brown is, by his standards, having a, a slight off season through three games. All right, here I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna kind of pass the question. I'm gonna answer it, but I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna pass. Dynasty. I'll give you the surprising. Dynasty. Dynasty, I'll take Juju right now. Okay. All right? He, he's 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 stealing targets away. He's the real deal. I'm going to have him a lot longer. He's definitely the real deal. Redraft, give me AB. I'm going to put my money. DFS, give me AB. I'm, I'm going to put my money on AB to win. Probably average two points better than Juju on the year this year. But in, in a Dynasty format, I'm okay with that. Yeah, because I'm, eventually Juju's going to overtake that. Yes, I'm okay with taking that loss of a couple points. Double J, double S, Juju, Smith, Schuster. Juju. But yeah, it, it's it's a great question. Juju's value is crazy right now. He's the number five, whereas Antonio Brown's hovering around 10. But it's it's not that far. It's only a 10-point gap, which, like you said, two to three points a game right now, and I expect that to flip-flop you know, as we get deeper into Juju the season. can overtake him week to week, but I, my money's on AB year long. However, again, I'll, I'll restate it. So I'm not questioning. I'd take Juju. I'd draft Juju if we were starting a dynasty league now. Juju. Juju. Speaking of Steelers, uh, Vance McDonald. Murdering uh, it. He, he was, he's loving it. Oh, McDonald's was on fire, <laughs> on fire in that game. Uh, did expect a McDonald's reference right there. Put Chris Contiberger on the IR with a pride injury God, on Monday night. God, I'm stuck in the like mid 2000s commercials right now. Little <laughs> Justin Timberlake. Well, if you were a Vance McDonald owner, you are loving week three. Probably not going to say he won you a week, but hey. 100, 100 yards and a touchdown of a tight end, taking it all day. A little bit fluky. I mean, for only four receptions for a tight end to go over 100 yards. Don't start uh, Don't start uh, buying shares of Vance McDonald. They were – he was very good early in that game and had his big yards, uh, and he kind of went on the back burner in the second half. I'm not sure he got a target in the second half of Monday nah, Night Football. Didn't really need any. Didn't need it. Didn't need him. But Dallas Goddard – I. I wish Arms was here so he could take over the next 12 minutes of the show right yeah, now. Yeah, talking about just Dallas Goddard. <laughs> Dallas Goddard it looks like the real deal. I'm picking him up in my yeah, I'm picking him up as a backup tight end. Uh Evan Ingram's possibly out this coming week. I'm going to pick up Dallas Goddard. I'm in the same spot. I'm I'm Evan Ingram owner in my redraft league and uh it's a big one. It's a pro am league, so I I have to replace him as well and the only guy available that that looks Makes good to sense. me. I'll throw his name out there, even though he went in top 10. He was close, but Ricky Seals Joan caught his mm-hmm. first touchdown. He's a guy that you could look at uh, if you're trying to look for an Evan Ingram replacement. But yeah, Dallas Goddard as well. Unfortunately, he's not on my waivers. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately for Dallas Goddard, Alshon's expected back. And I think Alshon, I, I know Alshon's going to take some of the targets that are going to the number two tight end in Philly. But if for Philly fans, Dallas Goddard is exciting. You you haven't seen this kind of pass catching tight end duo since uh, I don't know I don't know that I've ever seen the threat that they the uh, that interior passing game threat that Philly has going on right now with Ertz and Goddard so uh, hold him see what that comes with Alshon's I could be completely wrong Alshon might only be the four target for a three or four reception guy and Goddard just keeps his pace up but 
I, I don't expect it. No, don't I don't it. either. But usual suspects in the top ten, you had Travis Kelsey, Kyle Rudolph, Kittle down the middle, Tyler Eifert getting better, O.J. Howard, and then Red Ellison. Hmm? Huh? Oh, because, because Evan Ingram got hurt. Still, Red Ellison. Who? What? Say it again. Uh, Rhett. 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 Who's a... How do you... With an H? Who was a... Who was the running back for Tampa Bay? The Rhett? Was there a Rhett running back for Tampa Probably. Bay? Probably. I They've can't had a lot of running backs. Tecmo Super Bowl reminded me of that. Yeah. Uh, and then Cameron Brait and Zach Ertz, the uh, top tight end for the Eagles, finishes way behind the backup tight end yeah. on the Eagles. <laughs> Two Eagles tight ends in the top ten. Yeah. Uh, again, this just proves that tight end this year is an absolute crap show, man. Uh, it You got Kelsey. Eric Rett. Eric Rett. Oh, last name Rett. Gotcha. Yeah. But you, you got Kelsey. You got Ertz. Those are going to be your consent. That's sad that those are the only guys you can bank on being in the top 10 week in, week out. The other eight guys are completely interchangeable. And if, again, if Arms is here, I'll, I'll throw some love. I almost said George Kittle, top 10, consistent Ooh. top 10. But but there's the quarterback change there. We don't know what C.J. Beathard's going to do for uh, George Kittle's fantasy value. That is, it's just so sad, man, that, that Kelsey and Ertz is all you can bank on. We know Gronk's going to have better weeks. But that, that New England offense is just – He's our dud just, of the week, though. Yeah, he's your dud of the week. That's why I said that's it's sad that those two are the only ones you could throw in there. It hurt – Evan Ingram would be your other guy to toss into a consistent top 10. But, it, it, hey, if if you drafted, if you passed on tight end and ended up with a George Kittle, Kyle Rudolph, something like that, you're you're a happy guy because you got yeah, value yeah, somewhere else. You you drafted value somewhere else. So, and, and they're going to give you the high-end top five uh, games every now and again. Yeah, and if you waited – and uh, which you could have waited till very deep in your league, probably. But if you waited and grabbed OJ Howard, uh, he's he's doing quite well. He's he's over fifty yards a game every game. He's put up fifty four, ninety six, and seventy two, looking pretty safe God, as a tight end right now. If you just gave him Cameron Braid's numbers, yeah, he's your your top finisher this week. And they combined for nine receptions over 100 yards, and, and Brake got the touchdown, yet O.J. Howard outproduces him in fantasy world by a little, by a smidge. But, man, if you – if it, it hurts. I mean, that's, that's kind of what, why you're getting this fluctuation of top ten is because you have teams committed to two or more tight ends. You got the Eagles with two top teners. You got Tampa Bay with two top teners. Then you look at Cincy, you got Eifert at six – and uh, Uzama at fourteen. Oops. So I mean, you you got you got teams running multiple tight end sets and using both of them. So and not just our dead of the week. Let's uh, also put him in Devonte Adams territory. Rob Gronkowski, kind of a disappointment so far. Yeah, I mean, we've got two weeks in a row of less than ten fantasy points. Uh, one of those weeks was two for fifteen. Uh, so. And I I, uh, I liken that more to New England having a very rough start to the season than I do to Gronkowski. I think it's schematically defensive coordinators have found something to where they have a it's and it's no secret. I don't think Brady's superhuman anymore. I'm not even going with that. I'm not even going to to blame it on Brady. I'm not ready to write Brady off yet. They don't have any wide receivers, man. Like Chris Hogan's a dud. Patterson's horrid uh he's a vole though they it's so bad up there the defensive coordinators are just finally like i'm gonna put my best corner on him on gronk i'm gonna put my best corner on gronk and shadow him with the tight end because all the receivers are gonna be just locked up in hand battles trying to get off the line that's how bad it is now josh gordon coming can josh gordon stretch the field and take some coverage off of gronk hopefully for gronk's value hopefully but right now, I mean, right now you paid the price to have him. You got to hold on to Gronk. Uh, but man, you're disappointed. Dud of the week, two weeks in a row. Dud of the week. Let's talk some IDP, Nit. Or actually, I, I guess Nit's got to be off to work. So let's talk some IDP listeners. Man, I wish uh, I wish Nit could stay because your number one defensive end of the week was JJ Watt actually coming back to J.J. Watt-like status with three sacks, 
put up a monster game for you if you had him at defensive end. Uh, JPP, he put up uh, 15 points. He was your number two defensive lineman for the week. And then you got Brandon Babane, Cameron Jordan, and Clayus Campbell. Your usual suspects, guys that, besides Mabane, uh, but Cameron Jordan, Clayus Campbell, this is what we expect. We expect top five finishes out of those guys in IDP. Uh, Carlos Dunlap was six. Kenny Clark, uh, not a name that's normally in the top ten. Jonathan Allen, high high draft pick in a, the top ten this week. And Marcus Hunt, again, the defensive tackle, former defensive end for Cincinnati, now playing for Indy. Another sack. I mean, Marcus Hunt is looking really good, isn't he, Nit? No, I know where I are. Nit's not here. So, anyways, those guys and Stephen Weatherly of Minnesota never even heard that name before. Round out the top ten with Miles Garrett on the outside looking in. Uh, you know, your defensive ends that we talked about: Derek Barnett, Daniil Hunter, putting up putting up ten points for you there. They didn't go into the top ten, but they are performing. So, there's your. Defensive ends of the week, J.J. Watt, obviously the big man on top. Uh, Biggest disappointment, Chandler Jones didn't exactly put up a big game. He did give you eight points, which is very solid from that position. Uh, But he is your disappointment. Didn't crack the top ten this week. We'll uh, switch it over to linebackers for IDP purposes. I bet you can't guess who was the number one linebacker this week. Uh, I... I would imagine it's a guy that put up 30 points last week. Darius Leonard again. Darius Leonard is a true, bona fide, certified stud linebacker. If you grabbed him, you have to be happy. He put up two sacks, nine tackles, four assists, two sacks. This guy is an animal. This guy's putting up running back numbers. This is the Saquon Barkley of defense right now. Darius Leonard looks unstoppable. If you've got him in IDP, he could be a league winner for you right now. I don't know if it's going to slow down. It it would be extremely hard for him to keep these numbers up. But currently, Darius Leonard is a man amongst boys for IDP linebacker purposes. Then after him, we've got some usual names and some not-so-usual names rounding out the top 10 at linebacker for IDP purposes. Wesley Woodyard doing what Wesley Woodyard always does and just making tackles. He was your number two. Avery Williamson, a guy I've been high on since his switch to the New York Jets, put up a good game. And your waiver wire pickup of the week in IDP, Matt Milano. Matt Milano of the Bills, he showed a little bit of this last season, uh, but it kind of seemed fluky. It's not fluky. Matt Milano looks like a pretty good linebacker. He's a playmaker. If he's on your waivers, go at him. Bud Dupree, breakout season so far for Bud Dupree. He went nuts again. He's definitely a guy that if he's sitting on your waiver wires, you have to pick him up. Justin Houston, long-term name. He finished in the top 10 this week. Kiko, of course, Kiko Alonzo was in there. He's doing pretty much everything for Miami where Raekwon McMillan is underperforming. Anthony Walker, Indianapolis linebacker. Ooh, we got an Indy linebacker sighting that's not named Darius Leonard. He finishes in the top 10 along with our boy Fred Warner. Holy smokes. Is Fred Warner going to hold on to that job in San Francisco? He just may. He's racking up tackles like crazy along with Nick Vigil, your number 10 linebacker for the week who's been really solid all season long. But Perfect is coming back. It'll be interesting to see if Nick Vigil still puts up these kind of numbers or if Perfect cuts into him. Khalil Mack was right there, performing well uh, out of the linebacker designation spot for Chicago. You can start him. He's a, he's a good number three linebacker that's actually put up better points than that so far, but I wouldn't rely on him to continue putting up linebacker two slash one numbers. I'd roll him out as a three. If you have better linebackers, uh, eventually at some point you're going to regret playing Khalil Mack, but so far so good for him. Telvin Smith was uh, nearing the top 10, which is what we expect, along with Leighton Vander Esch, which we don't expect. But Sean Lee was out with a hammy injury, so Leighton Vander Esch got a lot of play and looked pretty good. Arms' guy, Corey Littleton, real close to the top 10. Uh, as far as disappointments go, uh, Levante David, little underperforming there. Uh, Jalen Smith had opportunity to put up more tackles, and he underperformed a little, but they still gave you good weeks. Blake Martinez is a guy uh, guy we've been high on. He's my bust of the week, actually. He finished with nine total tackles, four solo, five assists. 
But that's kind of what he's done all season so far. We're only three games in, but Blake Martinez is definitely underperforming for the draft position right now, even though that draft position was name recognition, which did not put him as a top five linebacker drafted, but he was the five to 10 range. And right now you're expecting more out of him than that. Uh, moving on to round the show out. We've got the defensive backs. A uh, lot, lot of oddball names on that one this week. You had Antone Exum of San Francisco as your top defensive back. This, let me name some more names. Dante Jackson, rookie, rookie in Carolina. Uh, Brian Poole, Atlanta cornerback, MJ Stewart, Tampa Bay cornerback, Trey Boston, Arizona safety. Names like that are the reason you don't want to invest too much in that position. It's a crapshoot week in and week out. Sometimes you're going to see your names. Sometimes you're going to not see your names at all for weeks to come. Now, granted, Earl Thomas was in there. Clayton Gathers has been good. Uh, Doug Middleton of the Jets, that's a name we don't know that well. He was in the top ten. But you also had Derwin James and Buda Baker. And on the outside, the Honey Badger was on the outside looking into the top 10, as was Micah Hyde and Harrison Smith. But again, do not invest too much in the safety position. You're not going to get the consistent top 10 finishes that you hope, unless it's a Rashad Jones or a Landon Collins. Oddly enough, neither one of those guys finished in the top 10. Rashad Jones was out. Uh, and Landon Collins was our bust of the week. Didn't exactly get it going there. So, But that's your uh, IDP top 10s there. Not a uh, lot of waiver wire pickups this week. I mean, unless you're desperate for defensive backs. But, yeah, join us Friday when we preview week four's games. And also, be sure to check out Squad QL. It's the sponsor of this episode, just like it was the last. But Squad QL, you download the app. Apple or Android, it'll analyze your roster and your waiver wire and your bench, and it will suggest the best possible starting lineup for you. I used it last week in one of my redraft leagues, and it was dead on. I did not leave any points on the field. It actually picked perfect for me. Of course, that's not going to happen every time, but the way it analyzes and the way it selects your uh, roster for you, it's a really cool app. It's definitely worth the download. So check that out, SquadQL on the App Store and Google Play. And thanks, guys. We appreciate it. We'll uh, hopefully bring you another ARMS episode so we get our arms back and we feel stronger we can go do some WWE-like stuff. But thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you Friday. Enjoy the upcoming Week 4. This concludes another episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show. Thanks for listening, and be sure to give us a review.